Hello, Two Principles podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all the support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We are so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. We are excited to record our Two Principles podcast from the beautiful HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota. We want to thank Green Boy Brand for helping us design our Two Principles artwork and logo. They can help you customize your brand. If you're looking for an artwork design or logo or some cool merchandise, check them out at greenboybrand.com. They have done work for schools, businesses, sports organizations, and everything in between. When you go with Green Boy, you're choosing to get a personal touch rather than a cookie cutter look. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. I'm Marissa Meyer, and I am hanging out with the Two Principles. Are you did you did I hear you say you into music at all, or have you had experience with doing this? Absolutely, I mean, <laughs> absolutely not. My I come from a family of musicians, Are but I am not a musician, and oh. so my dad has like ten of those kinds of things, like and professional like professional um, He no, well, I mean, he is Jim Meyer of the Jim Tones, you know. Oh. So he's he's a local a local celebrity, but um. <laughs> They play for like weddings and okay, like like that. festivals and stuff like that, but not like what kind of you know, music? They do covers mostly. I mean, he he will sometimes write his own music, but um, they primarily do covers. So, so they're uh, like a wedding band, a very involved <laughs> uh, hobbyist. Yes, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's yeah, a bunch of yeah. electrical engineers. Most of them retired at this point. Um, oh, wow, you know, cool. who uh, have just played together for years and years. You know yeah. what? He, he could really probably help you out with yeah, some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we are we are learning a lot about yeah. um, all this stuff. So that's that's awesome. How about like music in general? Do you, are you, do you what do you what's your jam? Um, I'm very eclectic when it comes to music. I I like a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm by any means an expert. My sister's a music therapist, so her really? whole her whole career is music. Um, and uh, I'm I'm kind of the lone wolf over here. I played the violin in middle school, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ever played the violin? No, I played the saxophone for one year, and I faked it the whole time, and then I was done. <laughs> the year that they made you play an instrument. Yeah, I remember uh, all that stuff. Well, that's yeah. really cool. Music therapy, huh? We'll have to. Yeah, it'd be interesting Check about that, that. sometime, yeah, too. Yeah, she's, she's a good resource for that, too. So That's awesome. Well, hey, Kev, uh, I appreciate you rolling in the music and all that stuff. Yeah, like you always good. do the intro music. So it's time. Let's go spread some good out into the podcast universe. Uh, hello and welcome to today's show. As always, super excited to be here today with my good friend, Kevin. And we are super excited to have Marissa Meyer in the studio today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress reduction, 
mental health, and everything in between. Thanks for tuning in today as we continue to walk this journey together, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Hey, every episode, we will stay true to the two principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We will stay present. We will give it our best today. And of course, we are always going to try to have a little bit of fun. Absolutely. We're going to have a blast. I'm super excited to have Marissa here and I'm going to learn a lot from her and she's going to share a bunch of insights. But Kevin, before we get started here, mailbag question. I only, I only had one question come in and it, <laughs> I kind of chuckled, but I'm looking at all this stuff and it <laughs> kind of makes sense. But it was like, why has your audio gotten better on your podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish we had a visual. Maybe we'll take a picture and post it. Um, yeah, we got, we got some new equipment and uh, a lot more um, cordage. You know, there's cords everywhere. Everywhere and now, I know. We just we got a new mixer, and I think that's what they call it. I'm not even 100 percent sure, but it it just provides a lot more um, customizing of the of the mics and the sound quality and all the stuff. So. Well, and you spent some time on that too, doing a little bit, figuring all that stuff lots out. Lots of so. YouTube videos. Yeah, lots of YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully it. Uh, you know, it works out. I think the last uh, episode sounded a lot better. You know, what would be funny is if we just turned that around and said, "Marissa, you're gonna you're gonna do that." <laughs> I don't know about that, guys. <laughs> I don't think you should trust me with that kind of stuff. Well, all you got, I mean, really, it's, it's pretty simple. All he's doing is like pressing those like buttons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it looks yeah. nice. It looks really nice. It's uh, nice and colorful. So I do appreciate the mailbag. So if you ever do have questions for uh, Kevin or myself, please email us at uh, twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. And we would be so happy to uh, answer your questions. So we do appreciate that. Yes, our audio has gotten better. And so we are excited about that. So with that, hey, should we... uh, should we introduce Marissa? Marissa, yeah. any questions for us to start us off? I mean, anything that you have for us? Mm, what's, what's inspiring both of you right Ooh, now? Wow. That is a, that's awesome. A, right off the bat. I'm going to put it at you first. What's inspiring me right now? Um, I like that you said what's inspiring me right now because to me that's you're insinuating that it can be something different mm-hmm. depending on totally. the day or the week or whatever. Yeah. And I'll tell you, honestly, today... I had a uh, stellar conversation with a student. Awesome. And it was, um, uh, made a good connection and, and just a really, really good conversation. And, and uh, that absolutely brought me some inspiration and, mm. and uh, felt good about, about things. So I would say, yeah, I was feeling inspired today because of that. Love it. Yeah. Beautiful. That was really good, Kevin. Yeah. That, um, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I think first thing that popped in my head was inspiring me is the nice weather. I mean, yeah, well. you're going deep and I'm kind of <laughs> going right off the simple terms of, but yeah, for me, I think it's the, uh, what inspiring me right now. It, it's just the, the, the weather, the change, the warmth, the vibe there. Um, I'm getting back to my sandals, barefoot, all that mm-hmm. good stuff, the grounding. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm going. So I appreciate you asking us that question. <laughs> hey, uh, you want to introduce, formally introduce Marissa Absolutely. Here? So here we go. We are excited to have Marissa Meyer on the show today. Marissa is a doctor of physical therapy, a certified yoga teacher, writer, and a guide for developing the mind-body connection. Her work is a melding of her knowledge of the body and using its wisdom to support healing of the mind and spirit. She holds the belief that we are all whole beings. 
Marissa takes a body-centered and trauma-informed approach to guide others through pain and discomfort in their bodies. It's always great to learn from other leaders in the field of mental health and wellness. So welcome, Marissa. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today on our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. We're pumped. It's time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Marissa, you got just, just, um, <clears throat> you know, I've met you a couple times, but just reading some of your stuff and having some uh, conversations with others about the work that you do, I'm really excited today to hear about that and, and get to that deep level with that. So excited about that. But it's time right now. We have a random question of the show. So that's right. kind of part of what we do. Last week's question um, was if you, I don't know if you're, some people aren't, you know, on their cell phones. If you could, if you could only keep three apps on your phone, what would your three apps be? That was last week's question though, but you can just quickly answer that. What okay. Would they be? Um, it would be texting. Um, okay. Does that count as an yep, app? Yeah, absolutely. Um, email okay. and maps. Yep. <laughs> Is that like the the typical answer? No, I mean it's uh, I, we've heard different things. So yeah, that's that is that's great. I think I it depends it. on the age. Okay. Of the person, yeah. Right. Um, that's yeah. fair. That's younger, fair. Younger people yeah. probably have some form of social media on there, <laughs> TikTok or something. But but yeah. this week's episode's random question is: If you had a plane ticket to anywhere in the world, hmm. where would you go? That's a really hard question. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I think it would be really beautiful to explore like the Middle East a oh. little bit more. So like Egypt, Turkey, um, Israel, like that area, I think just holds so much, so much magic and mystery. And it's been something that's I don't think that would have been my answer if you had asked me even six months ago. But um, I feel like those areas right now are are speaking to me quite a bit with just the magic that they hold and the history that's there. And uh, yeah, I've done a lot of like fun traveling and nature traveling a lot recently. And I feel like it'd be fun to dive into some of the like the depth that's there. Hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin, how about you? Where would you? Well, one, I wouldn't get on a plane. But That's right. <laughs> this guy uh, has a fear of. I've been oh on no. a plane. I've been on a plane, but not <laughs> many times, and I don't enjoy it. But so if you, if you were to force me to get on a plane, I guess I would um, uh, New Zealand. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I would love yeah. to just That's explore on my list the, too. the wilderness mm-hmm. and yeah. all That's, the different climates and stuff that they have. That is fantastic. I... If if it's here in the if it's here one of my favorite places to go and I do get a chance to go there at least once or twice a year is Sedona Arizona Mm -hmm. and Kevin you know that I was just there and um, Mm -hmm. it's just such a there's just a a healing part of it that I love but um, I I think Finland Mm -hmm. because I have some uh, family my heritage goes back that way so I've never been there and I would like to go there and really that's eat some lutefisk. Isn't that where they do that? Yeah, you can eat. Is that right? Yep. You. Or is that? Or is that Norway? Well, or is it all of it? No, it kind of is in that in that realm there. Lefsa. Lefsa. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Lefsa. You put a little butter, a little sugar on there. Okay, so here's what I found. So this came out of the uh, U.S. News Best Vacations Ranking. So like, I, I typed in the question, where the most people would fly to. Number one is South Island, New Zealand. 
There you go. Yeah. yeah. Look at me. Number one place <laughs> to visit, Kevin. Number two is Paris. Hmm. They call that the magnetic city of light. Number three is Maui. Number four is Bora Bora. Number five is Tahiti. So those are the top five. So any places there that you would say I would like to go? I'd probably go to any of them, I would think. Yeah, they all sound magical. (laughs) They all sound great. That does sound good. All right. All right, we're going to jump into some questions here. All right, Marissa, why don't you just give us a little bit of background about yourself? Um, Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What got you into what you're doing today? (laughs) Just give us a general sense of where you're coming from. Yeah, well, I grew up here in Minnesota, just in a suburb of the Twin Cities. I did my undergraduate work um, in St. Paul and St. Thomas, and then I did my graduate work, my physical therapy school in Madison, in Wisconsin. Um, So, yeah, you want the whole story? Sure, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I I definitely was on a path prior to kind of a big life-changing event that happened. Uh, I was in um, undergraduate work, really just kind of a type A student, working really hard, getting the grades, doing the work, and um, got into PT school, which was really exciting. That was a huge goal of mine and um, got into school and was kind of still on that path, very much so in the Western medicine world. And um, my second year of PT school, I had um, a huge life-changing event. I was in a car accident with my mother um, actually in Sedona, Arizona, speaking mm. of that. And, um, oh. she passed away. And, um, so oh. I lost my mom and I had my own injuries in the accident. I spent a week in the hospital down in Arizona, um, recovering, getting surgery, um, and sort of grappling with this new reality that was, was put upon me really. And so as you can imagine, <laughs> that really changed the trajectory wow. of somebody's yeah. life in a really massive way. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it really sent me on this path of having this having this this thing be served to me, this very physical and emotional trauma. Um, and the universe was like, okay, what are you going to do with this? And it completely changed the direction that I took my life. And so as I was going through PT school and I was then going on to clinical rotations and I was working with other people to help them heal their bodies as I was healing my body, as I was working through injuries, as I was navigating this huge life event that had happened. And I started to see these patterns both in myself and in others that we cannot treat the mind without treating the body and we cannot treat the body without treating the mind. And there's this whole path that that sent me down in in light of that um, selfishly to figure out how do I heal myself um, that really just kind of overflowed into the work that I started to do. Um, so yeah, it's been a constant exploration. Um, I have so much gratitude for, for all that this has taught me. And I feel like, um, you know, years later, I can really speak freely about it because it isn't something that is, is my whole identity anymore. It's not something that is all consuming. Um, it's been integrated, it's been processed and, and it's become my medicine. And I think our stories are such potent medicine, both for ourselves and for other people. Um, so that feels important to share. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. mag- just magical of what you said. How old were you when that happened, if I 
Yeah, I was 23. So you're so, 23. And mm-hmm. have you, can I, have you been back to Sedona? Many times, okay. many times. And like you said, it's a magical place. Like it's, to me, it was no accident that, that it happened when it did where it did because Sedona is so powerfully healing mm-hmm. in and of itself. And, um, that really opened up the door to even the spiritual work and the spiritual path that I've been on in regards to all of it and how that even blends in with the mind body connection. And so the fact that it was Sedona, I feel like is really powerful. I've got the goosebumps right now. Did you, I'm, I'm curious, um, did you have someone that was kind of guiding you that, you, that, that, that was a, that was a big influence while you worked through that process that kind of led you in a different direction? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Well, you know, I painted a little bit of sunshine and rainbows, but it's, um, it definitely was a lot of resistance at first. I fought the change in direction for, for a couple years after the fact. Um, but it really has been a whole host of people, um, family members, friends, um, therapists, um, other kind of people who have been connected to things that uh, are a little unexplainable that have really helped me connect in with my own power, my own truth, and my own healing ultimately. So um, yeah, I I don't want to credit one person, but it's been just a whole host of support from so many Mm. people. Yeah. Mm. I think there's power in that and in the numbers of that. Absolutely. And the, uh, what I hear you say in the, and that's what we, when I say we, Kevin and myself are talking, it starts with you. Yeah. How do you get back? And I love how you say that about getting back into your body and the mind yeah. and the connection. It's hard. I, I, mm-hmm. I wish, you know, it's it, sometimes, oh, it's just so easy. You can, but it, it's hard and it's difficult because as you are sharing, yeah. you're bringing up stuff and you're, and you're having to work through that. And so... Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important. What I'm thinking about right now is you're sitting here. You you seem like a wonderfully happy individual. Yeah. Um, I never in a million years would have guessed that you would have had that experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I, and, and right. We, we talk mm-hmm. so much about you just don't know what people are going through yeah, or what they've gone yeah, through yeah. Or, or what they've experienced, what kind of trauma they've had. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's a... I'm just thinking of that right now, you know, and so I appreciate yeah. you sharing that with us. That's Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that's like I share that because it it we all have our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's something as big and obvious as as what I experienced or like more low level and benign or seemingly benign, right? Um we all have different capacities to receive the things that come into our lives in different ways and Something that, you know, is far worse than what I experienced might land differently in somebody else and something far less, quote, less, you know, um, traumatic might affect someone in the exact same way. And so I think it's just so important to, you know, not get into the the game of comparing, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what this person's been through versus what I've been through. Um, our experiences are valid and um, they, like I said, they become our medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Come our medicine. I know, and it's the journey. Mm. Everybody's on their own journey. That's awesome. Um, could you talk to us a little bit more about the integrated physical 
therapist role. Yeah. And what, like, to somebody out there listening, they're like, integrated physical therapist, what is that? But, like, how would you describe that or the work that you do or how do you do that? Or even maybe how it's connected to maybe yoga or something, I don't know. Yeah, um, it's a good question. So I think that... For me, integrated really means that I'm looking at the whole body. Um, I'm looking at the whole body, I'm looking at the mind, and I'm looking at the spirit. So we're really taking everything about a person into account when we're coming up with a plan for how we're going to um, work towards someone's healing. So um, for me, logistically, what that looks like is someone will come in and we'll have a conversation or oftentimes we'll have a conversation before they even come into the office and we'll talk about what's going on in their lives. We'll talk about stressors. We'll talk about relationships. We'll, we'll talk about all of that. And we'll talk about their pain. We'll talk about the history of all the parts of their body that have, um, have held things in the past. We'll talk about even, you know, do, does someone have the awareness of where are you holding that in your body? If you're dealing with anxiety, you know, do you hold that in your chest? Do you hold that in your shoulders? Do you hold that in your head and your jaw? Um, we'll really start to make those connections for people because oftentimes just making the connection is enough to set someone up for their body to start to do the work, to start to actually heal on its own. Um, and that's ultimately what what my job is as an integrated therapist is to put some, push someone back towards themselves is to show them that their body is capable of healing because they are already whole as they are. And so, um, you know, I do a lot of hands-on work. I do a lot of manual therapy. Um, I do a lot of somatic work, so really guiding people back into that body awareness. But, um, you know, it, it really is a journey that's unique for each and every person that, mm -hmm. that walks, into the, walks into the office. Who, who is your typical client? I mean, is it, is it somebody who had shoulder surgery and needs to rehab or, or, or is that not? Yeah, that, that would probably be a little bit more typical for like, if you were to go to a bigger hospital system. Okay. Um, for me, I tend to see people who maybe have tried a little bit of PT or some other approaches and just have been frustrated with the results okay. or not quite getting what they need out of it. Um, because often, if you're going to do well with just the physical aspect of physical therapy, you're going to do well with a more traditional physical therapist. If it's just a shoulder that needs to be rehabbed, well, I would argue that every injury has a, you know, a mental health component. Um, you're probably going to do better with a more traditional therapist if your issue is primarily physical anyways from the get-go. So something like post-op or uh, post-surgical um, would probably do well. And that kind of a system. I am, um, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, what's coming up to me is just, uh, I hear you speak and it's like the things that you have gone through and what you're doing now and how you are using your gifts with inside you to help others based upon your experiences is amazing. And the the healing components that you have within you to go do that now and help others that is just i, I i'm just i'm kind of choked up right now yeah i would imagine <laughs> it feels very rewarding 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and and this would might be a good question to ask both of you because I think all of us have the experience of um, going through something personally, whether again it's big or small, mm-hmm. but allowing that to really inform what we're passionate about, and those passions really do overflow in the work that we do. And so I'd imagine both of you have really similar experiences of your own of having an interaction with somebody or having your own experience within classrooms, within administration and feeling that, that want or that kind of that urge or that ache in yourself to bring some sort of change into, into the systems that you're a part of, you know? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that's probably, you know, not speaking for Jason, um, but I would say that's probably my biggest source of frustration probably is is having these overwhelming <laughs> urges and desires yeah. to to you know quote unquote fix things right to, yeah. to change the system like like why aren't things working the way that we want them to um, you know why are the kids <laughs> not being cared for the way they should be why you know just all the stuff and so yeah. Um, yeah that's absolutely being driven from a much deeper sense of of, of wanting to contribute and, and um, impact yeah. change, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I would say, too, our own experiences in our life of what we've gone through, and uh, you know, I can speak for myself of going through some uh, stuff and trauma and being able to get to a point in my life where I've been able to work through that, and I've talked about that on previous episodes mm-hmm. and that I have done some not some, but I have gone through the somatic um, healing and, and worked with a therapist and all that stuff to, to get to that point. And five years ago, I would have never said that out loud because I would have been like, oh my gosh, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed that I, that I would have to do that. But yeah. I'm at a point now where that's the greatest gift that I gave myself Yeah, is to be able to go inside and work through that and let that arise and deal with that. So when you're asking that question for me, it is those relationships and working with students or staff or families when it comes to difficult situations or maybe trauma and being able to be in a present moment to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like your when you give yourself the permission to do that work on your own, you give everyone else around you the permission to do the same. Um, and I think that's what's so beautiful about that um, and so beautiful about people sharing their own stories. Um, you know, whether the story has been easier or harder, I think that uh, it gives everybody permission to give themselves the space to do that work on their own. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I completely lost track of everything <laughs> that we wanted to ask because I'm just like, what's going on? Well, I wanna, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go into a little bit more about the emotion piece and yeah. you've been touching on it a little bit, but um, the, the unique impact that we have with our emotions and the correlation that it has on the mind, body, spirit. Yeah. How would, how, how, that seems very, can be very complicated to somebody. Like somebody <laughs> would be like, woo, 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 woo. But how, how could you explain that to just the, the common folk about, about what that is? 
Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and we can, I think as humans, we like to overcomplicate things. And I think things are a lot simpler than we, we like to pretend that they are. Um, but it's really as simple as, you know, if you've ever, I mean, everyone's experienced anger probably in their life. And, you know, if you even close your eyes and you imagine yourself feeling angry, what, what does your body do? You know, like, you can feel tension. You might feel your fists start to start to close in. You might start feel, feeling your shoulders move up towards your, your ears. You might feel like your eyes are starting to squint a little bit. Um, you might notice your cheeks start to flush. Um, that is a body response to an emotion. And so I think that it's, it's a lot more obvious than what we think a lot of times. Um, and so really making those connections of, okay, I'm experiencing this emotion what does that feel like in my body? And then we can work backwards too, where, okay, let's tune into your body. What are you noticing? Okay, I'm feeling my shoulders and my ears. I'm feeling my fists kind of start to clench. I'm feeling my jaw tighten. It's like, what, what does that remind you of something? Does that mm. bring up anything for you? And then that kind of tunes you back in. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what anger feels like to me. And so you can work both ways where if someone has a holding pattern in their body of this chronic tension in certain areas, um, but they don't necessarily attribute it to an emotion, you can work backwards in that sense to get them to make that connection because it's different for everybody. There are some universal, you know, like anger is a lot of tension, a lot of clenching, um, but someone might experience grief by having, you know, more sensations in their chest. Some people might feel it more in their gut. Some people mm -hmm. might feel it in their head. It's just, it's so different person to person. And so that's where the working backwards can be really powerful. So I'm not coming in and assuming that just because someone has tightness in their chest that they have anxiety. Um, it might be something else that's mm -hmm. there. That's very, very, yep. And I, what I, what I, it's the, the awareness, the self-awareness, being able to, what I, what I hear you say is listen to your body yeah. and feel it. Mm -hmm. Not just, and I think that's scary for people. Yeah. People don't want to feel what they feel. So uh, it's the fight or, you know, what are they fight or flight? Like I'm going to run from it or I'm going to, I'm going to go busy myself doing something else because I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. I'm thinking about all the things that I do that are unhealthy responses to feelings that I don't want, but... <laughs> we all have them. You're <laughs> self-critical right now. What are, like, how about, like, what are some... What are some practices? I know you talk about, like, body-based practices. What could somebody do, you know, and I know you're touching on a little, but if somebody's... Feeling, what, what's a practice they could do if they are in that situation? Yeah, um, well, it, it's a multi-layered answer, too, because my what I want to say is feel it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, make time to feel it. And so that, that would be my first response is if you have the capacity to sit with it, to sit with it. Um, but that is really scary. For mm -hmm. a lot of people, um, a lot of people want to do something with it. Um, and so there are ways that like, say we are in an activated state, we can use the body to mobilize. We can use the body to kind of move that energy through us. So 
Um, I know a lot of times people are like, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. I can't Mm -hmm. sit and with my own thoughts. And I'm like, that's fine. Actually, meditating can sometimes be the opposite of what your body's trying to do. If you're really anxious, you're really activated, your body might want to shake. It might want to move. It might want to run. It might want to go for a walk. It might need to actually mobilize the energy versus forcing yourself to sit in silence your body doesn't know always how to process that when we're just sitting. And so that sometimes even just knowing that, that you don't just have to sit in silence with your feelings all the time, um, that can really free someone up to be like, oh, I have the ability to get out of it. I know how to move this through me. So I'm actually more comfortable sitting with it now because I know I can get out of it. I know that I'm not stuck here forever. I love that. And it's, it's practice. It's being in that moment or, and feeling it. And then the next time, maybe it's a little bit, you know, it's yeah. better and it just keeps going. Yeah. So I, so much. Yeah. That's, I feel like we're getting, we're getting a therapy session here. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Absolutely. Um, what, what, uh, let's see, what do I, have? I have something else here that I had jotted down here, but, uh, and I don't know if I took this off of, I might have taken this off of your website or something, but it says, what does it mean to redefine your relationship with your body? And then how can someone begin? And maybe that's kind of what you were just talking about. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people have really, unfortunately, not he- not healthy. I don't like that word. Um, like not positive relationships with their bodies. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think that, you know, always loving your body is necessarily the gold standard. Of course, there are going to be moments where we feel like our body has betrayed us or our body is not listening to us or um, or is doing something that we don't want it to do. Like we're all, we're human. We're going to have those feelings. It's not like we need to get rid of those forever. But um, I think that redefining your relationship with your body really means I mean, for some people, it's just establishing a relationship with your body that's not just built in necessarily self-hatred or always wanting it to change or always wanting it to, you know, be something that it's not. Um, To me, it's actually being able to talk to your body. You know, like if you're feeling a sensation, being able to tune in and say like, hey, body, I hear that you're talking to me. What are you trying to say? And it sounds really silly at first to like be having a conversation with your body, um, but even that, that acknowledgement of like, I feel something, I feel some pain, I have a symptom. Oh, like my body's trying to tell me something. To even shift your thoughts to think that instead of like, oh my God, my stomach hurts again. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, this is my, my knee pain won't go away. But to say, okay, body, what do you need? What can I do to help you? That to me is changing the relationship you have with your body. Because it's not shaming. It's not blaming it's not just berating it's it's being curious about okay what is what is this trying to tell me yeah do you think a lot of people um experience roadblocks with and i know you're not necessarily talking about like athletic games or anything like that but but i am thinking and my brain goes to that kind of totally do you think a lot of people experience roadblocks with progress or or um gaining performance because they don't have a relationship with their body like like they they think i don't know just the negative self-talk and and um instead of 
instead of focusing on, oh my gosh, I'm I'm able to do this activity. I'm able to like look look at this. I'm 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 able to move. I'm able to explore the world the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're like, well, I'm not running fast enough, or I'm not yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, I don't know. Or is that no, totally. Okay. I mean, and again, this applies to everybody. And so. Yes, I think there's something really beautiful about athletes because they're really willing to sit with discomfort. Mm-hmm. Like they're willing to push their bodies into places of discomfort um, to get to a certain place. I think that's an incredible skill that a lot of people don't have. And I think that there is a line as there kind of is with everything. And that line is very personal to each each individual who's having that relationship with their body of, yeah, where is it? Where am I not? Where does it fall into that I'm trying to push myself past the limits that my body is telling me, you know, this is okay, this is a real limit or, um, you know, the, the, what you're talking about is really gratitude, right? Like having yeah, gratitude mm-hmm, for your body. Yeah. Um, and where do I forget that my body's just a miracle? Yeah. Like my body is miraculous <laughs> for being able to do what I'm asking it to do. Um, at what point do I forget that that's, that that's a thing that's happening right. in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, moving on here. Um, your mission is to help others create a safe space in their bodies and step into deeper relationships with themselves. Why do you think that that is hard for someone <laughs> to implement? And, and what does that look like? Yeah. Um, it's really hard because a lot of us have experienced trauma. And I think trauma is a huge block to to creating a relationship with your body um, because of the fact that your body is in this hypervigilant state and it's giving you signs everywhere that you look that it's not safe. Um, chronic pain is the exact same way where it's your body giving you a signal that, hey, something is hurt, something is damaged, um, even when it's not. So when you're in a state of chronic pain or you're in a state of trauma, you're getting all these messages. You're inundated with messages that saying it's not safe. And so, and and that's a really, really challenging place to exist when you're getting all those messages because you can't even find safety in your own being. And we all deserve that as humans on this planet. We all deserve to feel safe in our bodies. So to me, that's such an important mission because... It, it is our right to to be able to be at home in our bodies. We shouldn't have to feel disconnected. We shouldn't feel um, dissociated from from our own own purpose, our own souls, our own spirits. Um, and so for me, that's just such an important piece of being alive, right? yeah. being connected to our body and having that kind of relationship. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, very. Can you... <clears throat> To add on to that, because I know you do some certain things here, and maybe this is a good time for you to talk about them, but you yeah. do like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like <laughs> circle groups or yeah. circle, so- yeah. something with that. <laughs> you want to explain explain what that is and how do you do that? Maybe when you do that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's part of my work. Um, it's definitely a little bit distance from my work as a physical therapist, but, um, I've started to host circles, um, as I call them, where it's really just gathering. Um, it's primarily women up until this point where really we're, we're healing in real time. We're having conversations where 
talking about the things that are on our heart and we're witnessing each other in in our feelings. So it's it's kind of like what we've talked about of, you know, it is hard to feel our feelings. It is really hard when you're sitting alone, you know, in your house, in your apartment, and you're overcome with emotion of some kind. We need people to help co-regulate. That is so good for our nervous systems to have somebody to be able to exchange energy with in that way. And so Circle really allows us to hold that kind of space for people to to heal with other people. And I think, I mean, I think both men and women have experienced this, but women especially, um, I think groups of women, we've we've sort of historically been pitted against each other where I think it is really hard for women to have relationships with other women because there's been so much, you know, sub subconscious or um, kind of programming to see other women as competition, um, just to bring other women down because that allows us to have more status in some way or another. And I think what's being asked of us as a collective is to really start to heal that wound that we all sort of have on a really deep level. And Circle also allows us to do that because witnessing another woman in her pain, in her joy, in all of it, that heals that connection that we have with other women. And uh, I think that's just really important work right now. Absolutely. Very, absolutely. So if, if there's listeners out there that are like, hey, that's something that interests me when do you do those and how could somebody find out about that? Yeah, so it's still, I'm still pretty new <laughs> to to all of it. Um, I just moved into this space last year and I'm just starting to really take advantage of the beautiful studio we have here. And We just moved um, into it too. Like, I know, you know right? A few, a few right? It's great. <laughs> but um, I'm really exploring what what that looks like. I, I would love to have a monthly circle. That sounds wonderful, but I mean logistics, I'm I haven't figured it out yet. So that would maybe be a stay tuned okay, okay. <laughs> for more information. And they could check you out on your website or Yeah, I'll start posting probably things either on my website or on my Instagram would likely be the place that I'd have that information. And what we'll do we'll make sure it's in the show yeah. notes for people yeah. and we'll get that on, on our information. So if people wanna find you, they can do that. Yeah. And I, I wanna go to it was funny before when we got in here and I saw you uh, down the hall there and, and uh, I asked if uh, I said, oh, what's that? What's that smell? And you're like, oh, it, well, it's a it's a form of like saging, right? Yeah. What was it called again? Palo Santo. Palo Santo. So, Kevin, our, this whole room that we're in right now mm-hmm. has been saged. Mm-hmm. And do you remember back with um, I think it was Kate Loveland, episode three, maybe. And I talked about the whole saging part yep. of it. It's really coming to fruition now, pal. Yeah. I mean, our <laughs> oh, studio like is getting saged right now. Yeah, I like it. I do too. It, it's <laughs> a very cleansing thing. So, yeah, it's awesome. So, very yeah. cool. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, both of you have very forward-facing jobs as well, and you're interacting with a lot of people. And um, and I think a lot of therapists, if they're therapists listening, they also have a very very forward-facing job. I think a lot of us do, and we're interacting with energies all day. And one of the things that I think is so important for self-care is is allowing yourself to move that energy through you um, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, whenever, whenever it feels like it needs to be sort of moved, purged through your body. And I 
I don't know, I think we could all have our own cleansing practices, whether that's even just, you know, jumping in the shower and actually feeling the energy move off of you, not just like the dirt on your skin, right? Um, Palo Santo, sage, um, some people like rocks or crystals, um, even visualization of, okay, the waterfall is coming over me, or, you know, I feel the fire burning, the excess stuff that I've got in my body. I think that especially for a lot of people who are sensitive to other people's energies, it's those are really amazing practices. Hmm. Yeah. That just reminded me of the, the lady that you ran into uh, when you were down in Sedona. Oh, and yeah. she was like, whoa, buddy, you got to get away from me. <laughs> well, she had a, <laughs> your uh, EM, an EMF, your EMF tracker yeah, on yeah. her, and she felt, because I had my cell phone, she felt like she wanted to keep yeah. space. And she was a, a, a guide on the, hiking, on the hiking trail, and I just had my cell phone there to take pictures, right? Well, you know. It's, but it is, it's interesting though, how that all works. But again, going back to your question, because yeah. as you know, we, we work in the field of education. So, you know, we're dealing, we deal obviously principals, uh, teachers, paras, cooks, custodians, assistants, anybody in education. Um, and we're, it's a, like you said, at the forefront of everything that we're doing, but we're stressed. And so some of those things and ideas that w- what we could do to help ourselves. And I, I don't know, I can't remember if it was last summer when I was talking to you about this, or I don't know if it was my wife, but what are, you know, when you come out of like, maybe it's a therapy session or maybe you come out of a really stressful day, what are like one or two things you could do to kind of move the energy? And I know you shared some of them, but anything else like, like shaking your hands or something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, like the full shake, you know, like (laughs) get it off, like wiping it off, you know, Um, but, and again, I say that too, because I think like there are people, maybe like the woman who you encountered Mm -hmm. in Sedona, where it's like, you know, I, I think that sometimes people in the spiritual world can be a little like high horsey, right? Where it's like, oh no, like get away. Like you have bad energy, (laughs) bad juju. And it's like, okay, like where, where's the love? Where's the empathy? Where's the understanding of like everyone's on their path. Everyone is doing the best they can with what they have. Um, I just want to preface that as like, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, whenever you encounter this kind of person, like get it off. (laughs) Um, But there are ways where like, yeah, like even if it's someone who's totally well-intentioned, you can come away from a situation feeling activated. Maybe that person activated something that was in you that needed to be moved through. So yeah, even just like a physical, like wiping off of your skin, um, rubbing your hands together, you know, shaking them off, anything like that can be just really nice for that system. And it even goes back to that when I'm activated, maybe sitting in meditation isn't the best thing. Maybe moving my body, shaking it, like getting some stuff moving through me is a more productive way to get that get that to not sit in me forever. Yeah, that makes total sense because I, I think of myself, again, I'm going to go back to me here, is that w- when I get home from work, what I like to do is put on my shoes and I like to just get out and walk in nature and yeah. move and kind of let things go. And that's kind of my yeah. my jam. So mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think the tough part is for, for you and I, Jason, day to day, there's so many times throughout the day where we would benefit from having a little bit of time to try to move some of that energy through and, yeah. and kind of deal with that. But just because of the nature of our job, 
we don't have that. We don't have that luxury. You know, there's so many times where we're moving from one crisis to the next and it's like, okay, I haven't even processed <laughs> what I'm feeling with this scenario and I'm moving on. Yeah. I, I don't have a choice. I have to put my energy into this next thing because it's immediate. It's right now. It's in front of me. What right? did you, what did you, you, you had a saying for that. You're like trying to juggle. Uh, juggling knives on juggling fire. Juggling knives on fire. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a great way to put it. But yeah. yeah, it is. And I think when it becomes that, and that's why, you know, you and I have talked about this throughout, throughout my day. I continue, and I'm not, I got a lot of work to do yet on this, but I, I'm continually trying to get back to, because our thoughts, right? We, mm-hmm. we we always say get out of your head and and, and get into your heart. Because sometimes when we're up here, we're thinking about the future, we're thinking about the past, and we're not in the present. So when I'm at work, I'm struggling trying to stay present and not let my thoughts go one you know forward or backwards mm-hmm. or whatever. And so that's one way I can I can try to do that. But you're right. It it it's one thing to the next to the next to the next to the next. And then all of a sudden you're driving home yeah. and you're like, Ooh. and to be yeah. clear, it's not every day, <laughs> not every day is like that, but there, but there are days and, yeah. and you know, there are, but yeah. So I'm thinking as we're sitting here, I'm thinking about little things that I can do uh, throughout the day yeah. to, to try to, and, and I, and I already know one of the things now that I'm thinking about it, I know when I have meaningful conversations with students, it, yeah, it recenters me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm already thinking, okay, you're, you're feeling angst. You're feeling, you know, you, you need to move some energy through. Go have a conversation with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Go talk about what they're doing this weekend. Go talk about, you know, something, what they're interested in, whatever. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's great, great stuff and mm-hmm. relevant, right? To what, to, in, in, and we are talking, yes, we're talking the education field, but I always go back to it doesn't really matter what field you're in because no. no. we're, we're surrounded by it everywhere we go. And there's uh, hopefully there's others that are listening that can say, yeah, that, that makes sense to me and I could maybe use that in my realm of work. So the next big topic that we were trying to bring light to and not to say that... We're just trying to learn more about it and get more people aware of it and just make it become more of a normal conversation as mental health. Yeah. So we always like to ask our guests, what does mental health mean to you? Yeah. Um, For me, it's um, really having awareness of my thoughts and not allowing my thoughts to really dictate everything that I do. So whether that be... You know, I notice that I have a thought about somebody and thoughts are going to come in, right? We're going to we're going to have judgments, we're going to have fears, we're going to have anxieties, but allowing those thoughts to come in and not having that really hijack my body and have that take me on a path where then I'm living out of this this emotion versus living as my best self, my highest self, whatever that looks like. So that would probably be what mental health means to me. I. That was a good answer. That's a very good answer. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to. Yeah. And then to kind of go off of that, what are some of the current trends that maybe you're seeing in the realm of um, mental health services? 
trends like? Um, like what, what's, what's well, the cool just, way to manage your mental health right yeah, now? <laughs> or just what are some of the, what are some of the things that you, that you're seeing from the, from the, uh, from the mental health services side of things that maybe could help others in, in what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I've been really happy to see just sort of the normalization of, even telling someone that you're going to therapy. Mm -hmm. I think that that's become a really widely accepted thing to do. And so that's been really positive to me. I think that there's, you know, in the age of social media, there's a lot of information that exists online for better or for worse (laughs) um, about mental health. And so I think a lot of people are feeling empowered to understand themselves on a different level But I do think it is important to continue to have someone to really be in your life to provide, you know, those checks and balances of, you know, hey, I read this. What do you think? Or, you know, this thing resonated with me. What 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 can I do with this? And to have someone to really bounce those ideas off of, I think that that's really helpful. And I'm I'm just happy and excited to see the shift happening there. And I really do think that somatic work is becoming something that's that people are learning more about and Mm -hmm. understanding more about. And I just think that, you know, I love the world of mental health. I think it's so important. And I'm really looking forward to even more integration of people in their specialties so that Mm -hmm. we're not just off in our own our own worlds and forgetting about the many other parts of the body, More the many other parts. Yeah, yeah that exactly. And, and like you've been talking about, it's the connectedness too, right? I mean, yeah. the physical part, right? We Physical mm-hmm. health, mental health, spiritual health, emotional yeah. health, they're all interconnected. Totally. And there's not, and that's the thing we've been talking about too, is that a lot of times mental health can be seen as that negative or a, yeah. this is a bad thing. Well, no, it's not. It's just mm-hmm. part of your being. Yeah, And when you're in your being and what I'm really sensing from you and feeling from you is just that compa- when you can be compassionate and loving towards yourself and, and feel that and get into your body like that, that's where the healing begins. And that's yeah. where the true sense of being present with yourself and loving yourself and caring for yourself is. Yeah. You mentioned, totally. you mentioned somatic just mm-hmm. for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically what we've been talking about where it's um, somatic therapy is what I would consider um, really bringing the body into the conversation. So tuning in with, okay, so yes, where am I feeling this emotion in my body? Um, How might I move that from a body perspective versus just through talking about it? Um, That would, I guess, be how I would define somatic, somatic work. You mentioned social media. Yep. Um, (laughs) We always like, we we bring this up with all of our guests because it's, you know, it's connected to what we're doing, right? I mean, we are trying to spread our message and we're using social media to do that. And so we think that uh, it's a relevant topic and Mm -hmm. we appreciate everyone's unique perspective and their relationship with it. Um, So for you, What's your relationship with social media? Are you staying up to date with it? Um, how do you interact with it? What's your thoughts on on 
on social media, on addiction to phones, just all of it. Just give us your your kind of your two cents. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be honest, I'm very hot and cold with it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't that was that is one thing that I don't have great boundaries with, I will say, because I think that there is so much information. I I love information. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love reading about stuff. I love hearing different perspectives. And um, so I consume a lot and I learn a lot on social media. And I know when I've crossed the line. (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, usually I delete all the apps from my phone (laughs) and I am off social media for like a month. And I'm like, oh, I want to read about that thing. And then I download them all again. And it's just kind of a cycle. So... I would say that, I mean, I admire anybody who has a really good relationship with it because it's not something that's built really to, for us to have a naturally good relationship with. Right, um, absolutely. And something that is built to pull us in, draw us in, and keep us in. Um, it's really wanting our time. Mm-hmm. And um, that is the most valuable thing to social media. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, I, I'm still learning. I'm still discovering works for me, but I use it as well to just post things that I'm thinking. I love to write. I love to share my own thoughts. And so when I do feel inspired, that's where I post it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a phenomenal tool. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, does it have its, um, uh, potential to yeah. you know, be negative? Absolutely. It does. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think where we've talked about in this, the scary part of it, it gets to be that addiction part of it. That could be with anything. It could be addicted to drugs. It could be addicted to alcohol. It could be addicted to working out. It could be whatever your addiction. And that's where we see the, the cell phones or the, and that's just not students. That's adults as well too. And like you said, I mean, I, (laughs) I can get lost on that too. And I've had to, same with you. I'll put it on, I'll take it off. And I, I was off social media for a long time and then we started this Two Principles podcast and Kevin said, hey, you're going to take care of social media. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm back on it again and there'll be times when I'll, I'll be looking and I'm like, oh my God, I just spent 45 minutes just looking yeah. through whatever. Uh-huh. So trying to get through that. But my point is that there are, the, the scary part about it is there's really good, but what are some, what's some advice you could give to somebody? Because, Kevin and I will, will, there'll be kids or even adults that will be on their phone for 10, 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours, 13 hours in a day because you can look at it and see and they're like, yeah. oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So what are some, what's some advice again? Because your phone, it's an external thing, but you're bringing it to your body. What, what are some, what's some advice you'd give to help somebody with that? Yeah. I mean, I would continue to just... If, if there's any way, I know this is a really huge ask, but, you know, so often we reach for our phones when we don't want to be experiencing our whatever we're, we're mm-hmm. experiencing in our bodies. Nailed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my advice would be if you can, you stop the scroll and uh, just tune into your body and, and say, okay, what's here? What's here? And see if you can sit with that, even if it is just for 30 seconds and then you keep scrolling. Cool. Awesome. You sat with it for 30 seconds and that's, that's a big deal. And over time, the more that we sit with that, the easier it becomes. And for me, I guess sometimes when I notice the pattern of I'm grabbing my phone, I'm grabbing my phone, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. To me, that's almost like my body's way of communicating with me. Okay. There's something here. 
you know, there's a reason you keep grabbing your phone because sometimes I don't even know. It's not like I'm like, I'm sad. I'm going to grab my phone. It's totally, totally subconscious. And so that to me is like almost a symptom, right? Mm -hmm. So like it's almost the same thing as if my stomach starts to hurt. It's like if I'm grabbing my phone, okay, there's something here and I have to deal with it. Yeah, what am I trying to avoid? What am I... Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're all adults, you know? If you choose if if you choose that as, you know, your route, then, you know, that's ultimately your choice. But And there are so many things that, uh, you know, talking to parents and, you know, I've had three, yeah. three, uh, I have three kids that have gone through, but it's a lot of it too is the, they'll get on there and like you had said when you're talking about... Um, your women's circle and the comparing, right? Mm -hmm. It's going on there and it's like the fear of missing out or I need this or I need to look like this or, and that's what scares me a little bit because, you know, I think you can see the research that's out there now, the introduction of the cell phone, and then you can look at like, let's say for instance, anxiety and depression, yeah. And you can see since the cell phone has, the smartphone has come out, all of a sudden you see this huge increase in anxiety and depression. And I'm like, well, that's not good. Yeah. But we also know that it, that it can be a tool that is positive too. So it's trying yeah. to, going back to balance, right? <clears throat> How do mm-hmm. you find that balance within your life or within your day to make that right? Because I don't know, it... Uh, I mean, we've had conversations on the side mm-hmm. about this. It is scary to see what's happening. I've been listening to, uh, recommend anybody listening to Rich Roll's podcast. He's got uh, his latest episode is a uh, clinical psychologist talking about the emotional life of teenagers. That's yeah. her specialty. And one of the, the big topics that they talk about is obviously social media. And um, one of the ways that, that she described you know, the severity of, of what's happening. You, you mentioned, you know, the algorithms, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. designed, it's not designed to, to let you look for a little bit. It's designed yeah. to suck you in and keep you there. Right. Yeah. And, and what she was explaining is this, you know, talking about scary is everyone's feed is different and mm-hmm. it becomes their reality. <laughs> yeah. So, as much as, you know, you're, you know, looking at whatever it might be, um, somebody else is looking at something, you know, completely polar opposite yep. and it becomes their reality because mm-hmm. that is what is constantly being fed to them. And, yeah. and you're talking about feeding it to underdeveloped brains <laughs> that are so impressionable. Mm-hmm. That's to me the scariest part. Too. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing I go back to, and I is the the you know the prefrontal cortex. Right? Yeah, you always talk about the prefrontal cortex of not being fully developed till the age of what 23, 20, 24 20, yeah. or whatever, um, and that's why you know you don't want um, kids to consume drugs or alcohol because it can yep. transform the brain, and so I just I don't know. There, there's so I think there's it. it I think we're getting into a, a part of our lives now where we're looking at it and yes, we're seeing the positive stuff of it, but there's also 
the negative side of it now too. So it's just yeah. I, I think it's going to have to be more conversations like this and yeah. talking about well, it. Well, and yeah. it needed to be around for a certain amount of time before that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we all remember when the iPhone came <laughs> out. I mean, my gosh, it was the coolest thing in the world. And yeah. you can pull up a map, what? You can, like, you know, but mm-hmm. the novelty has worn off, obviously. And now we're, I think it's been around long enough to where we're starting to see um, the negative impacts and, and people are willing to have conversations about it. So that's good. Yeah. Um, okay, moving in to a question about you taking care of yourself. You are obviously dedicated yeah. to helping others. Okay, which is phenomenal. But I'm curious, what is what is taking care of yourself look like? What are your um, personal um, routines? What are your nutritional um, habits? Um, Just all those things that you would say, yeah, this is how I take care of me. Yeah, I think and uh, this might be sort of an unpopular or um, controversial opinion, but I think that so much of taking care of ourselves really involves reflecting back on, okay, what is it actually about my entire life that is not serving me anymore? Mm. Um, Whether that be the job, the house or apartment that you live in, the relationships around you, all of that. To me, those are the first things that we need to look at when we're talking about making changes in our lives. Um, And those are big things. And I think that there is something to be said about small changes proving or kind of cascading into bigger changes. But to me, you can't heal in the environment that you got sick in. And so Mm -hmm. if you are chronically stressed, chronically in pain and having a miserable time, if you stay in that same environment with the same relationships, with the same job, with the same everything else. It doesn't matter how much therapy you go to. It doesn't matter how many healing sessions you go to. It doesn't matter how good you are at managing your energy. I mean, all of that helps, right? But um, caring for myself really involved a lot of restructuring of my life entirely. I mean, we moved out of the city, you know, into an area that had a, we had a lot more land. We have nature right in our backyard, we, I, I changed jobs. That's what really got me into business working for myself was I couldn't see, you know, 10 people a day, five days a week. That just, you know, it's mm-hmm. like what you were saying where it's where like you literally don't have time to move from one experience to the next. I mean, you can do little things, right? And those little things helped, but at the end of the day, it wasn't sustainable. And so for me, taking care of myself is living in nature, not working as much sleeping with and not having to get up to an alarm, building my schedule around around my own like innate rhythms, right? And so I'd love to say that it's just like taking baths and <laughs> and uh, you know, going to therapy and all that, but um I think it's so much deeper than that. Hmm. Yeah. I need to do more of that. <laughs> it's a big I'm, ask. I'm, it's a big ask though. I am very guilty of, um, and I try to figure out where this comes from, but I'm very guilty of equating taking care of myself with the physical act of exercise. Yeah. Very deliberate, very, I'm going out and I'm running 10 miles. Like, like I'm, I am guilty of that at the core. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do enough of the other stuff. Um, and that's where Jason, that's where you and I kind of, mm-hmm. we're kind of on other, you know, kind of opposite sides of the, the spectrum a little bit. Um, so I'm learning from you. I'm learning from our guests and, and, um, it's all great information and it's, it's, uh, stuff that I would love to start what practicing. I, yeah. And, I, and what comes to me and is what I'm hearing Marissa to say too, is where are you going to find the joy of it? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we can beat ourselves up and we can, I mean, I'm pretty good. I, I've been pretty good at that in my life. Crit, you know, criticizing myself, being hard on myself, all that stuff. Been, you know, but where where do you get? You got to get to that point. And this is me talking now about where do I find the joy in it? Where, and so if it's like you know what, uh, like I told you today, I'm like, yeah, the last couple of days I haven't been able to do any physical movement or activity. And right away, my I went to, oh my gosh, that's bad. I had to change my thoughts to say, that's just not all the things that were happening, but mm-hmm. you got you got some more sleep. Um, you had more time, you know, out in nature, whatever it is. that. So trying to, f- the joy of it, yeah. rather than the, I'm going to go and I'm going to pound myself to the ground, <laughs> you know, that balance again of finding that. So Kevin, that's kind of... Um, when you're saying that, that's what's coming to my mind is because that's what happens to me a lot of times. But it, where's that? Where's the joy? But too, if you if you're going out and running ten miles yeah, and finding it does joy, bring me joy, right? So, <laughs> but at the same time, the other aspects of it, you know, if it's meditation, relaxation, um, all those things, you know, trying to find the balance of them all. Yeah. 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 Well, and what I'm hearing you say too is that like. I think that we a lot of times try to double dip, you know, where, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out for a run, but I'm also trying to change my body or I'm also trying to accomplish another goal. I'm not just going out for a run to go right. for a run because I love the weather and it's, you know, inherently joyful where we do these things because we think it's going to make us better. Even therapy sometimes, you know, the energy behind why someone goes to therapy can be so different. The energy behind why we do anything can be so different. I can come to therapy and loving myself or with the intention of holding so much space for my own experience, or I could come to here to therapy saying, I I suck. I need to get better. I suck. Someone fix me. I need to be fixed. And those are two very different intentions for mm-hmm. for that that same act. And so that's probably, that's to me what I hear you saying is, yeah, maybe you ate more food over the weekend, but maybe you're doing it because you're barbecuing with your family and that brought you joy. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, just as powerful for enhancing your health as maybe going for a 10-mile run. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All things we're learning here, Kevin. <laughs> we're learning lots, we and you know. But the thing is, is and I keep I keep saying this is, and Marissa, what you're saying is, every you know you made the comment of like I want somebody to go fix me. Well, the only person that's going to fix you is yourself. Yeah. And once you can, you know, and that, and I'm not saying it's easy because it's mm-hmm. not, but but you have to recognize that and then just start to go through that and. There'll be ups, there'll be downs and all that other stuff. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, where can you find that compassion toward yourself and a little bit of love and 
find the little sparks of joy and, you know, yeah. do it right. That's huh? good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. Uh, hey, can I ask a, can I ask a follow-up question? Cause I, 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 you know, me and supplements, right. And I just came back from Sedona, right. <laughs> you come yeah. back with a box. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. So, but when I'm down there, cause you know, my sister, yeah. uh, Heidi, um, who I love dearly, but she's always getting me into new things. Cause yeah. she's a, she's a, another one who, spiritual wellness and all that stuff but yeah. what about you are you i mean not in, in you don't have to take nobody has to take supplements and i'm not a doctor or anything like that but i know certain people that take certain things for maybe certain things but is that something that you incorporate into your daily life yeah you know that's one of the things that i think as someone who's been really enmeshed in wellness culture for better or for worse again I think that I've really learned to be intentional with the supplements that I take. I definitely, when I was really in the the depths of my healing, I was just grabbing at anything and everything to make me, to try to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on protocols. I was on super restrictive diets. I was avoiding so much food. I was eating and consuming so many supplements. And, you know, it was in theory, healthy, right? Like you could look at what I was eating and it was healthy. You look at the supplements I was taking and they promoted health, but I wasn't taking them with the intention of actually loving my body. Mm -hmm. I was taking them with the intention of fix me. I'm broken, fix me. And so that has actually been a really long road for me coming into right relationship with supplements and food and nutrition because it's it always is a balance. And so... I've had to be really intentional about, okay, how does this actually make me feel? When I take this, do I actually notice a difference? Mm-hmm. Am I just taking something? And am I just taking something because I'm trying to fix a symptom that I have? Or am I taking something because I really am trying to enhance my health? So it's a big difference there, which yeah. you just said, really big difference. Yeah. You talk about diet. Um, do you prescribe to any specific type of eating? Yeah. Or... or I prioritize just a lot of, I don't know, maybe I'd call it ancestral foods. Okay. So I do eat meat, but I try to really have um, choose meat that's well-sourced, sure. you know, grass-fed, pasture-raised. Right. Um, I think that energy is really important. A lot of, you know, I, I've started making my own bone broth. I think that's so, so healing, so helpful. I mean, vegetables, fruits, especially more in the... In the summer, mm-hmm. <laughs> so looking forward to that. Um, we the place that we moved to has a big garden, and so I'm really excited okay. to start growing some of our own food. Cool. So a lot of it really is thinking whole food wise. Yeah. But again, like sometimes you have to eat a frozen pizza. Like <laughs> it happens, <laughs> and it's like you know, like sometimes I have like the most amazing day, and it ends with a frozen pizza, and yeah. it's like that's life. That's or, life. Or and f- Or what I would say, it could be a frozen pizza and then a bag of cookies. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah, you know, uh-huh. the next thing yeah. you know, I've got a bag of cookies down and I just ate a pizza. Right. But as long as it's gluten-free, right? <laughs> yeah. Then then it's healthy. Then yeah. it's healthy. Oh, my oh, God. That's yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good. Uh, Jason, you want to? Yeah. Um, do you want to? How about... How, are you? Did we already talk about this? I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling just in the, the, the awe of this conversation here to, today. But 
have we talked about like Marissa's like what is she, her morning routine and her at, or like evening routines of how she does things? Did we already talk yeah. about? Well, you kind of asked I that asked, question. But I don't know if we, we. Yeah. I mean, you kind of talked about you know waking up kind of organically and and that. Type oh, of okay. Thing, yeah. which, which I can't even imagine what that was. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say my my husband works uh, for the high school and he's up at you know obscene hours oh, yeah. of the morning, so I I get it. I hear the alarm and I go back to bed. Yeah. But uh, I know, I know, I, I'm, I'm very grateful in that moment every single day. But yeah, it, a lot of it was the restructuring. And so my mornings are usually pretty open. And I really, sometimes I, I like routine. Sometimes I kind of have a consistent, I wake up, I do this, I do this. But a lot of times it's just intuitive of what yeah. I need. Sometimes I need more sleep. And so I sleep more. Sometimes I eat a bigger breakfast. So I cook in the morning and sometimes I end up cooking dinner in the morning because I know I'm not going to be around for dinner. Um, but I usually like, I like to be outside. So I usually walk the dog every morning, um, spend some time in nature. I drink tea in ceremony and that's kind of a ritual I do most days as well. So it's kind of a moving meditation, but that's really how I ground. And that's a way that I connect in. I have a lot of little, did you say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, tea and ceremony? In Like in ceremony, like in ritual. Oh, okay. So like tea ceremonies um, are sometimes how I start my mornings too, where um, it's a practice that I've been taught over the last couple of years of you basically brew tea and you drink it in silent meditation. And so it's, you're receiving plant medicine. Again, it's like relationship with nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is sort of the foundation of all of that, but it's it's just a way that I connect in and kind of deepen in my relationship with kind of nature as a whole. Yeah. How like how like how long is that for you? Five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen, half hour, hour? Um, if I can, I'll sit for like an hour, but sometimes it's sometimes I don't have the time, yeah. and uh, it's maybe half an hour, but it's. I mean, it's a practice that has entirely changed my life. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's, I think that it's, it's intimidating for a lot of people to sit in meditation for a really long period of time. But for me, tea is a little bit more active even Mm -hmm. where you're moving, you know, there's, there's a ritual, there's movement, there are steps that kind of contain sort of the uncontained of (laughs) our minds. So I think that in and of itself is helpful. Where, Where did you learn that? Um, I actually learned that during COVID, which it, Instagram, isn't that funny? Okay. <laughs> We're like, I, I, I put a throw a lot of shade at Instagram, but I've actually met some of my, my closest and dearest friends on Instagram. And, um, I got connected with the woman who was teaching a course called start your own tea practice. And she was teaching it during the pandemic as a way for her to teach this practice that she had learned over the years and then studied um, with with other people to learn herself and it was her way of really putting it back into the into the earth and so I learned from her virtually over zoom and uh, just haven't stopped drinking tea since that's, neat. that's yeah. really cool mm-hmm. that's a really cool and then you, when you say meditation do you is that because some people do guided meditations and some people just do you know yeah. Meditation. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of straight meditation, yeah, but, so. um, again, it's, you're, you're doing something while you're meditating, mm-hmm. which I think is 
is helpful in a way mm -hmm. to kind of bring us back into, again, bring us back into our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the, the thing that I see so much of, you know, I'm going to speak for myself just in the role that I've been in and where I've gone through my life and basically running, spinning, running, spinning, running, spinning. And yeah. now it's like trying to get back into my body more frequently and be with it, sit with it, feel it, notice it. Like you said, talk to it. Um, but that's taken a lot of time. I mean, that's not mm -hmm. something that's mm -hmm. been, that's not something that's been really easy. I wish I could say it's been easy, but it's not. But trying to be in the presence of my body more is something that I've been working on. So that meditation yeah. piece um, is something that uh, my wife, Becky, uh, you know, you know, talked to me years ago about, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, now it's, I do make that part of my practice. So, yeah. Well, and I think really at this point in the way that our society works, getting back in our bodies and claiming that day after day after day, like that's an act of rebellion. Mm -hmm. I think that there's everything in our world, whether it's the smartphones, TV, um, all these other things that are grabbing it at our, at, grabbing at our attention. It, it really is rebellion to take that back, to take that back and to be in our bodies. And so I think that even knowing that, that like being in our bodies is, it, it is against the grain. Mm -hmm. It is against where we're being pulled right now. I think validates a lot of people's experiences of how freaking hard it is. <laughs> Man, I'm yeah. thinking all about, you know, so I have very personal experience uh, with chronic pain. Yeah. I have a, um, uh, when I was 38, so about eight years ago, I had a two-level spine fusion Yeah. Um, from an injury that I had uh, sustained in high school yeah. that just progressively got worse over the course of 20 years. So I'm thinking about this whole idea of this relationship with your body and just, I got really, really good at telling my body to shut up yep, and get through it and deal with it. Yep. And so when I would experience pain, you know, outside of my, you know, the back, it was just, it was, my instinct was to just shove it down yeah. as deep as possible and not have any relationship with it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it quite literally, I mean, it was probably the single best decision I ever made to have that surgery. It yeah. was successful, um, but it was quite literally ruining my life. I mean, my quality of life was so in the garbage. Yeah. Um, but I wonder now, hearing all this stuff, uh, I wonder how I could have had a different relationship with that pain going through it, you know, inevitably I think I would have ended up having the surgery anyway. I don't think that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to fix it. Yeah. Um, but I, I am wondering if I would have had a different experience, mm -hmm. um, rather than just, you know, like I said, just telling my body to just be quiet. I'm not listening to you. Yeah. It's, you know. well, and it's, I, I always like to say that we never make the wrong decision yeah. because, whatever you did, the experience that you had let, still led you here. Right. Right? Where you're here, you're having this conversation. So maybe for you, you weren't meant to receive that that information at that time. Yeah. You know, you were meant to have that experience as it was. And ultimately, who knows if, you know, you could have avoided the surgery or not. At this point, 
you're still, you're getting the message now. Yeah. You're getting the message and it's never too late. I always tell people that too, is it's never too late to begin a relationship with your body. Yeah. And so maybe it just starts differently where it's like, hey body, you know, <laughs> what's up? It's been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry that I told you to shut up for so long. And and maybe that's where the conversation starts. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. That's really good uh, introspection there too, Kevin. The, and that's to me what it it's all about is bringing that back. And when you can do that, that's pretty powerful stuff. I yeah. love it. Uh-huh. It's kind of like, um, I know I joked around this during, uh, I always put it, sometimes I'll put a challenge out. I'm like, okay, if, if we, and again, maybe this isn't a healthy, but I'll say, hey, if we work out for, you know, five days, and then you can flex on Fridays. Call it Flex Friday. <laughs> Get in the mirror and flex, right? Well, it's kind of uh-huh. like loving your body a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to love my body and flex Friday now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could do flex Thursday. You could do yes, flex any exactly. day. because It doesn't have to be Friday. It doesn't have to wait even, Friday. Yeah. You don't have I to go. endure a certain amount. If flexing brings you joy, yeah, do it. There we go. See, Kevin? I'm going to start flexing more now. <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's just, oh, so much fun. I'm having so much fun here. Hey, let's talk about... Um, your role models, mentors. Yeah. Who who has Im- impacted you? Mm-hmm. Who are those people that really just you just feel and you just Yeah. I mean, I've been so lucky. I've gotten to work with so many amazing women over the years, um, personally, professionally, and I think uh, there have been so many people like I mentioned before that have really had an impact on my healing journey, but I think what I want to say as an answer to this question, too, is that so often we project things about ourselves onto others. And oftentimes we think of projecting the bad. You know, we project the crappy stuff, the trauma, the anger onto other people. But we also project all of the good stuff onto other people. So so often what we see and what we admire in other people, that's in us as well. And I spent many years of my life projecting my, my gold. There's actually a great book. It's called Inner Gold. It's all about psychological projection. But um, it's, I spent many years projecting my gold onto other people. And really what I would invite people to do is we're, we're all going to admire people. We're all going to have those moments where we look at someone and we're like, oh, my God, they're amazing. <laughs> like, I want what they have. <laughs> But taking that second two to say, okay, like what do I admire in them and where can I find that in me? Because it's in you. If you see it in them, mm. it's in you. It wouldn't, you, could, you would not be able to see it in them if you don't have it in you. And so for me, I think when it comes to role models and mentors, that has been my biggest takeaway is the things that we admire in other people are things we actually admire about ourselves. Mm. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like to, that. Maybe have to pull that say, one say that again. <laughs> if if I'm seeing something in someone else that I admire, it's impossible for me to see it if I don't have it in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just need to find a way to express that in yeah. myself. Yep. I love that. Get into your body. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. That is great. Um, how can having a therapist, um, we'll take your, your, um, approach of 
your approach to physical therapy? How can having a therapist help people? Um, you know, we talk about people that are burning out. Yeah. That quote unquote, um, burnout. Um, how can someone like you positively impact someone? Mm. Yeah. Burnout is hard. Um, because it is kind of like what I said, when you're in a job that's just sucking, mm-hmm. sucking the life out of you, or you're in a situation that's sucking the life out of you, um, ultimately something probably has to change in that situation. But there are so many ways to manage it because life is life. And sometimes we do have to, it, we have barriers that prevent us from making certain decisions at certain times. Those are very real. And I think, What I would do with someone who's experiencing burnout is really taking that time to tune in and bringing awareness to those moments of, okay, what are the moments that really are sucking the most energy out of me? So having awareness of your day-to-day where it's like, okay, is it interactions with, with people? Is it when I'm sitting on my computer for multiple hours? Is it Um, when I have to make phone calls, whatever it is throughout the day, that's really sucking the energy out. That's when I would like bringing awareness to that first so you can identify it. And then, um, kind of processing that through that body-based lens. So, um, once that's identified, first of all, maybe seeing if we can make a change in that system, but, you know, maybe, making phone calls is super draining for someone because they have a past experience of not feeling heard or trauma around an act of that kind, right? So then maybe we would spend our time going into the body, really mobilizing some of that energy that is causing that event to be so triggering so that when they go into that event in the future, it doesn't bring up this huge, huge energy surge that ends up draining them later. So it's multifaceted. At the end of the day, I like going for the root cause, which is ultimately changing the scenario, but really creating that resiliency within the nervous system by processing any underlying stuff that's really contributing to the burnout, I think is kind of second best. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask real quick, I I had this thought pop in my head when you were answering that. Um, I saw on your website that you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, level one Reiki yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that real quick. Yeah. So are you familiar at all with Reiki? I'm not really. <laughs> are you familiar yes, with Reiki? <laughs> um, have you received Reiki before? Uh, not. No, not officially. No. Okay. Um, it's a form of um, energy healing. So there are a lot of different energy modalities out there. I really don't think one is necessarily better than the other, but it's a container in which to learn how to move energy. So um, I really, I wouldn't say that I practice Reiki just as Reiki, but I do a lot of hands-on work with people to help move energy. So I do, like I'll mobilize muscles, joints, fascia, organs, nerves, tendons, all the things because we can store a lot of energy in those. And so I think for anyone who's doing hands-on work with people, it's really helpful to have that understanding of how energy moves, because if you're not clearing it through you, it's going to get stuck in you. Mm. So even the knowledge of Reiki, I think people are like, oh, Reiki, it's so, you know, 
over here in yeah. alternative medicine. But I think anybody could benefit from a Reiki class because again, it teaches you how to like cleanse your energy. It teaches you how to be aware of what's going on in your body and move it through you. So really, it's it's a cool okay. modality for anybody. I, I'm going to sound <laughs> extremely ignorant here. Yeah, okay? yeah, but you're great. When when you say cleanse your energy, yeah, and like 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 what do you what do you mean? Okay, so have you? Okay, so you've had days. It sounds like where you've come home and you've just been like feeling all the yes. feelings. Yeah, like your eyes are wide open yes. right now. Where you're just like. Okay, like I have so much in me. Yes. What does that feel like to you? Um, you were to describe that. Tight, um, constricting, um, um, stuck, um, heavy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the list could keep going, you know. Yeah, yeah. And all of that to me is like it's stagnant, right? Like yeah. stuck, it's not moving, it's tense, it's building. So if you were to have been like, oh, yeah, that feels really flowy and free <laughs> right. and, and loose and all the things, I would have been like, okay, well, that's a weird experience, but that's fine. Um, so to me, like to put it down in, in like more maybe understandable terms is um, like for you being able to move out of that state. Okay. So for me, it's like I almost imagine like energy moving through sure. me. But for some people, they're like, okay, that's too weird. I don't like that. That's like way out there. Yeah. And I don't believe in that or whatever. And so you can break it down to something that's a lot more digestible too. Okay, how do you actually release that tension from your body? Okay. So you could argue that foam rolling is energy release. Sure. You know? I do that all the time. <laughs> like you talk about even from a physics perspective. I mean, I'm not the physics expert here, but... Um, you know, in terms of energy being stored, release, like energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. So you rolling or taking your Theragun or whatever yeah. it is to a tight muscle, energy's, energy's moving, yeah. you know? And so um, whether you do that through Reiki, whether you do that through um, massage or moving your own body, like that's all movement of energy. Like you can get really scientific with it too. Yeah. I, I mean, I like living in the, you know, dreamy sure. existential world. So that's, that's more my, my area of like love and passion, but you can get really scientific yeah. with it. Is it also your understanding or your philosophy that the energy, your, um, the movement of the energy is a, both a physical and a mental slash spiritual yeah. experience, or are you speaking more physical? I mean, or is it kind of up to the individual? It's kind of up to the individual. <laughs> okay. That's what, like, I mean, I, I've spoken a lot of things that very much so is like my bias, but if a client were to come to me, maybe more with like a scientific background, yeah. I'd talk to them more in scientific sure. terms. I wouldn't like go off into la la land and have these, you know, crazy existential conversations, but I do do that with some clients because that's where they're at. And one is not better than the other mm. either. I think I want to be really clear about that is, it's not like one is more advanced or anything like that. It's just we all have different, we all have ways of, of taking in information to our bodies. Mm -hmm. And some people respond better to me telling them like the physics of it all. And we might not even talk about energy, but energy is moving nonetheless. And I would just go to the realm of we're made up of energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. let's go to the simplest. We're made up of energy. So... 
if we're getting if our if our energy is getting stuck, how do we how can we help it move and get through? Because when when our energy is flowing and moving, that's when you f- feel good with your mind, your body, your spirit. And when you do get sick or stressed, that's when your energy stuck or whatever. So that's I'm talking very simple here, but I know that it's more complicated than that because the body, the mind, it's a very complicated system. But the energy, we are energy and we're made up of that. And so I love it. I love having these conversations. <laughs> and it's taken me a long time to get to where I am now. But it, it, I'm so interested in it now. And I like reading about it. Like mm-hmm. we've had guests talk about Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. And Joe Dispenza is one who's done some amazing things and what he talks about from the scientific side, the mind side. And so those are the, I'm, and I'm not even, I'm not even going to say that I'm just <laughs> dipping my toes in this, right? But yeah. I love it and I want to keep learning about it. And so that's why I always joke with Kevin and I'm like, Kevin, I'm probably that person who's like, what do I call myself? Woo woo. I'm out yeah. there in the woo uh-huh. land. But you know, it. But I do. I, 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 I'm, I'm always trying to figure out ways that I can, you know, feel better or yeah. heal my body and my mind and my spirit and just be at peace. Yeah. Right. And if you Absolutely. can be at that peace and the love and the joy of things, man, it's, it's a lot better. Life's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's the question that I always ask myself, too, because I mean, I'm, I live in that land. I, you know, I do the tarot cards and I, you know, think about astrology and I talk in terms of energy, but I've always asked myself if none of this was real, you know, if like I found out tomorrow that like this was all just a load of crap, (laughs) (laughs) which it could be right. If I found out that it wasn't real, like, would I still do it? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes, because, you know, does it matter that I think, you know, I pulled just the exact right tarot card that I needed to hear that day. Like, no, like maybe nothing else had an influence on that, but whatever it was reflected back to me exactly what I needed to know to move forward in something of my life. So, you know, I I tell people that too, where if this stuff doesn't serve you, if this stuff gives you anxiety, if this stuff makes you feel worse about yourself, then don't do don't, it. Don't do it. Exactly. That's yep, that's <laughs> yeah. so true. And mm-hmm. you don't have to do no, it. Right? No, no. That goes back to just everybody's on their own journey. Everybody's going to go through their own experiences. And and I always talk about, um, obviously, compassion for yourself, but non-judgment, non-judgment of others and non-judgment of myself. So yeah. I'm not going to judge someone else for if, if they don't want to do that. Great. That They don't have to do that. But I would also, at the same time, you know, <laughs> but if somebody's going to judge me or critique me, that's just part of what they do. Right. It's fun stuff, Joel's huh? Such is life. <laughs> Such, Such is, is life. life. I tell mm-hmm. you, and you know what's fun is um, our next guest after you, uh, Jake, is he's made some big changes. So our next guest that we're going to be talking to, what you're just talking about um, with numbers and uh, all that stuff, he's he's had mm-hmm. a huge, huge transformation in his life so it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about some of this stuff too so yeah. i love it i amazing. love it love it love it amazing um god i just gotta get i got lost in it again i know, <laughs> I know we <laughs> we, so good. how about how about we have two more questions yeah, here yeah we only get a couple. couple more questions here so uh, 
you know, there's, I mean, people, there might be people listening right now and say, whoa, you guys are way out there right now. Yeah. We lost mm-hmm. you here. But again, I hope people realize that if that's not you right now, that's okay. There's other things you can do yeah. uh, to continually go inward. And, and at the end of the day, I think, I think everybody wants to find the best version of themselves and be the best version of themselves and feel the best that they can. And however that looks, whatever they do, they want to do that. So this next question is, for those that are out there listening, what are some things that you could recommend for people maybe new, right? Or maybe they're just, you know, we like to dip in their toes in it or getting, you know, new to this. But what are some of your favorite, like, mental health resources or it's books, if it's people, if it's podcasts, whatever that is, what are some things maybe people could do to start learning more about it? Yeah, it's so hard because I very much so recognize that the medicine and like what resonates for me is going to be so different than what resonates for someone else. Um, And my path has looked very different than a lot of people's paths. I mean, There are so many books, so many podcasts, so many things that I've read and consumed that have just helped me. But what helped me at the beginning of my journey, like if I were to go back and listen to that same podcast or that read that same book, it would really hit differently than Mm -hmm. how it hits now. And so it's it's hard to say like, oh, yeah, this is this is where you should begin, because I think. It's it's kind of like the the answer to my question, which kind of felt like a cop out about the role models. But when it comes to resources, I think that you have to follow what really lights you up. You have to follow like what intrigues you. So if reading about trauma and reading about, you know, like the logistics of it and how does trauma process in the body, like I love recommending books like Peter Levine's Waking the Tiger, um, Body Keeps the Score is basically a textbook, but some people love it. Um, But people who are really wanting to know about trauma, you know, there are so many good resources out there for for trauma processing. But if you're really wanting to get into spirituality, connection with nature, all of that, like if that is speaking to you, you know, I have some like some of my favorite books are in that realm. Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer is one of my favorite books, and that completely changed my life. Um, Women Who Run with the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes also completely changed my life. But you're not going to resonate with those books if you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I started with books like by Brene Brown and by Mark Manson, and a lot of those really, like really kind of easily digestible self-help books but at the time they blew my mind you know and so it's it's like wherever you are like find something find something that just lights you up find something that intrigues you or brings you joy or like makes you think and it doesn't matter if like someone's out there reading these crazy intense books on quantum physics like cool like that's where they're at and maybe that's maybe you are excited about that and maybe that is what you want to read but I think it is so, so personal and it's hard to pick one thing or one book or one mm-hmm. resource for people to start with. What I think yeah. what you're saying though is just start, right? Yeah. Figure, dabble in it, figure it out, pick it yeah. up, ask somebody. Um, and I'm sure if somebody wanted to reach out to you, mm-hmm. they could do that and you'd be, you'd help them yeah. do that. So, yeah. You kind of answered the last question. No, she did. I think she's got something deeper <laughs> yet. We are vibing we'll at a high level here. I think <laughs> we'll she's got... We'll see. I think so she the does. last question is pretty It's pretty broad. Okay. Um, but we always like to 
ask this uh, as the last question. We've obviously got listeners out there that are listening, you know, right now, and um, they're maybe struggling, and yeah. certain things in their lives maybe not going the way that they want, right? Mm, mm-hmm. In your experience, uh, based on your journey and, and all the things that you have to offer to help people, um, if you just had to give one piece of advice, I know, I know, like I said, it's very broad, mm-hmm. but it's but it's, it's tight, it's limited here. One piece of advice that you could give uh, a listener to try and help them move in the right direction towards healing, uh, whatever mm. whatever that looks like to them. Um, I know that's mm. that's a tough it's a tough <laughs> ask because you've already given mm. so many wonderful pieces of of insight. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it is a really hard question to answer. It's like one thing, but. Again, I think as humans, we like to make things really complex. Mm -hmm. And so it's good. It's good to make forces into more of that place (laughs) of ease. But I think the one piece of advice that I would give would be to like follow, follow the magic, follow what really lights you up, follow what brings you joy, follow whatever thing it is within you that gives you that like sparkle that gives you that that little boost that like light whatever really lights you up follow that because I think so often when we think about healing we focus so much on the the trauma and the pain and the suffering and the crying on the table and the sobbing in a therapist's office and that's what we think healing looks like and a lot of times it does you know like sometimes we have to do that but if we never reorient to joy, we never reorient to the magic, we never reorient to what really lights us up, um, I think we're missing the point. So follow the magic. I told you. There was more. <laughs> you were right. There you was right. more. I tell you. You were right. Fantastic. Well, I tell you what, we're going to wrap things up here. Um, okay. uh, Marissa, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, for taking the time out of mm-hmm. your your schedule to sit down with uh, Jason and myself, um, I'm feeling so selfish during these interviews I, because I, I because <laughs> at the end of these, I I'm so grateful. I feel so mm. just filled with gratitude, mm, yeah. and I'm taking it in. How lucky are we right, right. now? We're sitting in we're sitting Absolutely. in here with Marissa having this conversation. I, that's why I, I am. I'm feeling the same yeah. way. Yeah. Mm. So I I hope and I know I know they will, but I, I our, our listeners are are, are, are gonna benefit from from yeah. this uh, wholeheartedly um so genuinely uh sincerely thank you for your time and yeah. and your your um mm. just willingness to share and, and and be here with us in this space yeah appreciate well, it the feeling's mutual and uh you're following the magic look at you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey. well thank you so much truly it's been a pleasure where so where can people find you like do you, i mean we'll put it we'll we'll also put it yeah, on we'll the show notes but where 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 i mean Somebody's a sister, where they where can they find you? Yeah. Well, like every other month I'm on Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> um you can follow me there. I'd say that's where I post most of like the real time updates, the events, that kind of stuff. Um my website is a really good infor- a really good place to get more information about me, um, to do some scheduling online. Um we're in some processes of uh shifting shifting kind of platforms with healthwise here and doing a little bit more integrative work so that will all be coming hopefully in the next month or so but you want any updates on that signing up for my newsletter online i'll uh, definitely put out a, a blast to to my subscribers too about any any changes that's fantastic 
Marissa, again, like Kevin said, so grateful. I mean, the energy today, um, I got lost in where we were today. And for you to open up and share your story was so real. Um, mm -hmm. And how you went through that, I am, I, I'm still sitting here uh, in awe. And my, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for uh, to open up like that. And that's what I think more people need to hear mm -hmm. to be able to move. And so yeah. I felt it. So well, thank you. Well, thank you for being a space where we can all tell our stories and where it's a place that these stories can hopefully have the impact that that they're supposed to have on the world. Yeah. Fantastic. We are so grateful again for you hanging out with the two principals today. And as we continue on this journey, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. And as we wrap up today's episode, we would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. We are so, so, so grateful for your support. As always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles, and you can find us on the web at twoprinciples.com. Again, questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. Hey, as always, thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward. We are wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. And remember, a better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.